It's that time again for the assault on your ears. We call Lore Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. Aaron, Stavros, Star Trek, you know the drill. Tonight <laughs> on our screens is episode 7 of season 3, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. And in our cups is peanut butter whiskey, I guess? That it is. Screwball peanut butter whiskey, in my case. Is that what you're drinking? Yeah, well? yeah. I guess we've just run out of clever references and are just doing lazy word association. <laughs> well, you know, it's multifaceted. I mean, in this case, it's because you have a whiskey problem. But, it, of course, the other reason is, uh, you know, peanut butter, as you mentioned, is close to peanut hamper. And uh, I feel like a peanut hamper flavored whiskey is probably a bad And idea. you know what? It helps that we're drinking our peanut butter whiskey out of hampers tonight. It's totally a thing that people could do. <laughs> I think we did this uh, whiskey in our season two episodes at some point, but you know what? It makes sense and it's delicious. And so we're drinking it. Yeah, I do love this whiskey. I don't remember us doing it before, but I was probably drunk at the time. So yeah, at least I have an excuse. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about this episode a mathematically perfect redemption. Uh, we return to the plight of peanut hamper, the exocomp as she makes her escape from the pack-led battlefield and finds her way to a bird planet where love is in the air. Yeah, that's what you call it. I call it creepiness. Is in <laughs> there, the there were several instances of love being in the air slash on the screen. So, Yeah. Just, just, you know. Moving on! <laughs> well, let's jump right in, shall we? The episode actually opens with, I think, Lower Deck's first instance of last time or previously on lower decks yeah and it's all wrong all wrong yeah. where is Majel roddenberry <laughs> and i don't want any excuses about oh man she's dead that is no excuse i mean we live in true, the future though. the future you want like ai majel in there well i was thinking it's more the... you know back from the dead raised by necronomicon but you know whatever <laughs> wow. it takes that's dark yeah, they um they definitely use some non-standard voice person there. But you know what? It's there's like a 2 second long line, so I'm fine with it. I'll allow it. I kind of like this. Um we get to see the Packlid encounter from the end of the first season uh from the different angle and and seeing Peanut Hamper just like shit on the crew as uh you know, people die. She even goes like that big guy died. <laughs> Glad I wasn't there. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Like, just Peanut Hamper is the worst. They, like, go the extra yeah. mile to establish how bad Peanut Hamper is to make the redemption arc more yeah. meaningful. It's yes. it's it's a fantastic start. If only the redemption arc was real, but we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoilers, dude. Jesus, I man. Know, right? I haven't watched the episode yeah. yet. That's terrible. You should just stop, stop listening and turn off the episode and then come back. Yes, do that. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Thanks. What do you think of the uh, replaced credit sequence? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? I was I was watching the episode. Are you watching the episode? <laughs> yeah, you turned it back on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. It I is so you. good. <laughs> That's just like, oh, peanut hamper floating through the wreckage with that mellow music in the background. Um, I know. It's, it's good. Loved it. Fantastic. Um, I like the focus on Rutherford's uh, dis- disconnected implant uh, kind of floating and flickering. I was a little worried that uh, I feel like there might be a little bit of badgie left on that implant there. You know, though, that did remind me of one of the problems with this series continuity. How did Rutherford's memories remain in the buffer if they had to replace the entire trans, the entire implant? 
you know what? Maybe that's not an issue with it. It's uh, something, something conspiracy. Nope. I think this is a plot hole, and I'm very disappointed. <laughs> My uh, animated cartoon comedy lacks strong continuity, and that's turning me off. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a problem. Yes. Yeah, I could tell. But, you know, we get back to more of this sequence of Peanut Navarro, like, trying to facilitate her escape. You know what? I really liked the uh, animation quality and sound design when Peanut Hamper is kind of, like, using thrusters to pop around in Zero-G. That was very well done. Even before that, though, this this is a problem. Again, you know, the fight scene, the, you know, Peanut Hamper's animated assembly of her escape pod, the eventual arrival of her pseudo-rescuers... (laughs) <laughs> more on that later no. so much sound in space it's like you know i'm used to like hey we want explosions hey you know you gotta you can't just have it be silent you know yeah. crusade tried it and it never really worked well for mainstream audiences so you know what no. i'm a little disappointed with all the sound in space i feel like my animated cartoon comedy show is not adhering <laughs> Should to be the more law. quiet too, too much sound in there physics. for you yes yeah come on mcmahon yeah. <laughs> you know what i feel like star trek has historically shown that there was sound in space you know what though so, i mean yeah, like they, there were people about. like talking you can hear their voices coming through the void it's too much man <laughs> it's too much i mean i just i couldn't suspend my disbelief long enough you know no, you don't think uh peanut hamper heard come on baby bear <laughs> You know, I I can handle space spiders gumming Boimler. I can handle aliens who are, you know, too dumb not to blow up their own planet. You know, gaining yeah, spaceships. All of yeah. that I can handle. But sound in space? Bit too much there, McMahon. Wow. Immersion breaking. Yeah, no. Can't get behind it. No. <laughs> wow. The worst part about that is somebody out there is going to take this rant seriously and be like, he makes some valid points. These guys hate And I'm going to be like, I'm glad we're only meeting on the internet because I can't <laughs> strangle you through <laughs> fiber optic cables. You know, I feel like your opinion is sound in space, bad, but owl people, good. It, oh, and God. That's just your opinion. Well, I mean, axolotl people, good. We need more of that. <laughs> Why didn't they go to the axolotl planet in this episode? That would oh. be way better. Yeah. Alas, no. Uh, but we do get the return of the Drukmani, those guys that don't have weapons on their ships and they just tractor beam debris and throw it at the Cerritos um, in an episode earlier. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because, you know, I'm not good okay. at doing things linearly. Uh, no, lin- lin- you're terrible. Lin-ly-ly? Especially when you're on uh, peanut butter flavored whiskey. Lin-ly-ly? I don't know, but in strict <laughs> chronological order, not good. Yes, me. Go. I like the design of the Drukmani ship. That's where I'm going with this. The kind of boxy, yeah, kind of freighter. But then I also ship. like they introduced the shuttle in this episode and the way it's like you know just. Yes. stuck to the underside of the forward part of the ship and it disconnects and i like the design yeah. of that little shuttle just overall i like the design that's what i'm getting at here that is what the yeah. last 10 minutes of me verbalizing <laughs> nonsense is trying to say <laughs> drukmani ship good yeah thanks space sound of space bad boxy drukmani ship good thank you that's I, what you should get out of this i appreciate episode. you verbalizing <laughs> my feelings so clearly yeah, that's why we're co-hosts, man. That's that's why I'm here to help you out. Yes. 
let's talk about the bird people and their planet. So first of all, I said owl people earlier. Are they actually closer to owls than like like an average bird, do you think? Is it more accurate to call them owl people or bird people? Are they more owly? Man, now you're making me want to go back and look at them. God dang it. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, Stavros? Ain't nobody got I feel time. like they're owls. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think they do look very owly now that you mention it. Which is funny because Peanut Hamper at one point calls them the poor man's Aurelians, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. Nice yeah. little homage to the to animated show. Yeah, you know, but it's funny because are they Aurelians or are they like score? Because I feel the like score. they have more in common with the score in reference to something yes. that happens later. Can I can I comment? So the <laughs> the. Oriola? Are they Oriola? No, they're Oriolas. <laughs> nipple people. That's just... Nipple people, right? That's that's where you yeah. get yes. Areolas. Anyway. Uh, the, the planet is Areolas. Yes. And the people are Areola... Are Ariori. Yes. Are so the inhabitants of Nipple Planet. Um, <laughs> right. They are bird people who apparently were yes. an ancient technologically advanced race that decided... To abandon technology because it's all it brought was strife. Appears to be the case. Here's my question. In the animated series, going back to the other bird race, there was the score, right? Who were yes. this ancient technologically advanced bird people. But in like Star Trek, you don't see a lot of you don't see bird people at all, like as a modern race. You know, even like the very questionable snake people in the Cardassians you got the everybody's humanoid they're all mammalian i don't even think yeah. the uh the cardassians were actually reptilian or snakeoid they were mammals right so like i think so i'm starting to wonder is it possible that like you know the bipedal humanoid races are not common but the ancient humanoids from the uh chase messed everything up by seeding their genetic spunk <laughs> everywhere so it's all like are like the score out there after they learned about what happened in the chase they're like oh it should have been all bird people but those dirt <laughs> ancient humanoids screwed everything up yeah it could it could have been tons of bird people and not very many humanoids yeah like i feel right like there's probably something more going Ooh, are there ancient burden burdenoids birdoids avianoids <laughs> avianoids <laughs> Are sure. there ancient bird people that also seeded their uh, genetic spunk across the universe? Maybe they weren't as effective, and that's why we never saw them in like the Gamma Quadrant or Delta Quadrant. It's only like mm. very locally. What if like yeah. it's only like a few like it's like one sector? There's just a bunch of different yeah. alien bird people because yeah. they the aliens and the score and these guys. Yeah, because their progenitors were just not good at spreading their genetic code across the universe yeah like they're gonna Very they're likely. gonna have their episode of the chase and collect all the dna and it's gonna be like well hey there fellers we're your progenitors and we built a spaceship out of mud and dynamite and now you guys are our descendants and they're gonna be like let's never speak of this again seems likely i mean that a lot of evidence on this planet of like think of animals that are should be normal animals, but also have wings for some reason. Kind of, kind of speaks towards some genetic tampering happening there for sure. Yeah, like the ancient uh, birdinoid race. I'm calling them birdinoids. Yeah. I don't care if it's okay. avianoid. They're birdinoids no now. 
I feel like you're going to change what you call it yeah. every every time you bring it up. But <laughs> they just weren't good at seeding their DNA. So like the only thing no. that translated was wings. So it's mm. like every planet they seeded their DNA to, no matter what evolved, it wound up with wings. That would be amazing. <laughs> I love it. And this planet's like the nexus of it all. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. uh, you know, you notice we saw the flying turtles that we saw in the trailer. Finally. Yeah, we were totally wrong about what's going on there. They were just a throwaway gag. Didn't mean anything. <laughs> How are we to know that there was going to be a planet of winged animals and, and owl people? There is no way to anticipate this. Oh, I like the little detail they had of all the domesticated animals. They have these pens for them, but they're actually like enclosures because they, you know, can obviously fly away. Oh, I don't remember this at all. That I must not nice have been paying enough attention. Yeah, you're drunk on uh, peanut butter. Well, I think I'm, I'm awfully too. focused on my establishing the canon <laughs> of the ancient Burdenoids. Yeah, they definitely made a mistake with the uh, sky snakes, too. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I also love the uh, trope where you just add, like, descriptor and then animal, like... Yes. You can't just add sci-fi words to something. (laughs) Only in this case, it's, you know, sky and flying. Yes. doesn't make any sense if everything here flies. It's the planet of the hats trope, except this is the planet of the flying things. It's the planet of the winged things. Which we've That's established right. is because of the ancient Burdenoids. <laughs> also, I've made it my mission to insert Burdenoid as much as possible into this episode now. Good luck. Yeah. Also, why are the Sky Snakes so huge? I feel like the ancient Burdenoids really messed ah, up. The now you're a part of it! <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've got giant snakes on Earth, right? There's like anacondas. I think I saw a movie where those things were like 40 feet long and as wide as a man, right? What was that movie called? Yeah, I'm sure there are several of them out Anaconda, there. Anaconda, I think. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? Familiar. And I know that movie was 100% biologically accurate, so I'm just going to accept <laughs> this as a thing that exists. I'm not really a snake horror kind of guy. The most snake horror I've experienced is Sky Snake from this episode. So uh, Yeah, the most snake horror I've experienced is that time in that parking lot with that weird dude. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> also why is Ra- uh, Rauda the uh, peanut hampers love interest why does he have he's the only owl person with a six pack are we sure I mean we didn't see that many owl people did we and like most of them were old we saw enough there were like dozens of them you know what maybe like it's just like normal people most people don't have six packs but if you had one yeah. would you not want to show it off I guess you're right yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you know what's not conducive towards six packs is uh, peanut butter whiskey well, you know, I do have a six-pack. I just happen oh. to have a uh, protective layer, nice <laughs> little coating over it. Don't want to damage that at all. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't. You just got to have protection. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Anyway, I think that's enough about the bird people. Let's talk about... <laughs> Let's talk about Peanut Hamper's plot with them and her attempt at redemption, although calling it an attempt is sort of generous. She gets involved with Rauda. Obviously, to get the audience sympathy going for Peanut Hamper. And as I alluded to earlier, I mean, this episode really tries hard to get you to buy into this romance here. Why are there the two consecutive love scenes with Rauda and Peanut Hamper? Was that really necessary? I mean, it's lower decks. I mean, whatever they That's think true. is necessary is necessary. <laughs> but you know what? I think you're That's like, right. this whole thing starts off a little rough, you know? We first see the whole uh, Rauda's father. And he's right. all like, 
you know, he's about to take the knife to Peanut Hamper, and it turns out he just wants to clean Peanut Hamper. And right. he's all like, I will not rest until you are fully restored. And you know what he right. does? He, like, rests before she's fully restored. She's never fully restored. <laughs> like, the best thing There's that is- time skip in there, and she becomes fully restored during that time. No, no, because it unless happens. her base color is, like, beige and brown, I refuse to accept this. <laughs> she looks dirty from beginning to end. In the wedding scene, she's got the veil, and you know, there's definitely a, a not like a, a not rust color happening there. You know, dude, whatever floats your boat, man. Out there. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> get your motor running. Speaking of weddings, I was 100% expecting a owl people love triangle happening there, but it never happens. You just never see the uh, Rogers girlfriend it's, ever again. It's 27 minutes. It's not enough time for a love yeah. triangle. That is true. But you know what? I mean, one thing. Okay, I got a comment on this that really bothered me. I, I'm still stuck on, like, the early scenes of this episode. Okay. <laughs> There's a moment when Peanut Hamper's being, you know, trucked around by elder statesmen, and yes. she makes a comment about her android intuition. And I'm just like... Yes, that was a weird one. Yeah, you're not an android, Peanut Hamper. <laughs> you don't look like a human. No. I mean, like... I, thought, I think she was just uh, doing some bullshitting there. I, You know what? I, I don't think she cared. He just says stuff that doesn't make sense. Oh God. I'm starting to think Peanut Hamper isn't actually sentient. Just running <laughs> off of databases and said, Oh, yes, robot like human. I think like human. I android. I've learned that a-hole humans are, make the uh, best out of their lives, so I'm going to emulate a-hole humans from now on. Oh, my God. Terrible. Makes me <laughs> Makes me so... Moving on! <laughs> I love when she talks about going to Free Cloud, which, of course, we've seen in the Picard show. That kind of uh, free-for-all, gambler's paradise. Where apparently they have Dabo. And <laughs> also mentions becoming a Dabo girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, what the heck? How, how, how I, does I just, that work? I don't even want to think about it. You know, here's my question about yeah. this, though. We know that, like, holographic generators can be built on the small. So with, like, Peanut Hamper, yes. like, she's obviously already got, like, a replicator, and possibly yes. a transporter not 100 percent certain could right. she just install like holographic projectors so she could look like a real girl i guess so or does she have them now and was just being a bitch by not looking like <laughs> one of these aliens <laughs> you know what she knew what she was doing with that nozzle so yeah, apparently yeah. she didn't need it whatever floats your <laughs> boat there buddy yeah i uh, kind of questioned rauda's uh kinks you know not to kink shame at all some people are into exocomps and i'm i'm okay with that i'm there to support them but just a little unusual teeth to their own buddy you know i don't know about you but um i actually completely bought the redemption right up until the end when it gets sprung that the druk body were called there by peanut hamper did you buy it honestly i did but you know what i have very low expectations from everything in the world what does that mean? Uh, I mean, like, if it had ended with, you know, the Drukmani showing up and it turns out that they just arrived unannounced and Starfleet shows up and saves the day and Peanut Hamper goes off and becomes a good Starfleet and all that. cadet. Yeah, I yeah. would be like, oh, okay. I, I guess that's what the episode is. Way to go, guys. <laughs> you really knocked that one out of the park. Oh, boy. That's some quality so like A plus writing. And I love that there was no redemption. Ah, fantastic. That was great. Best redemption yeah. arc ever. Yeah. 
I got to say, I, I would have bought the redemption, but the fact that she just continues to be an awful person or, you know, Exocomp. I guess Exocomp can be people well, too, know, right? Here's my real question. She took this really far. Like, yeah. what was the deal with the whole... Like, was it necessary, the router relationship? Or was she just, like, playing a lot of angles? Like, if the Drukmani don't show up or Starfleet never comes back... She, was she yeah. going to, like, establish a exocomp dynasty where she rules for a million years? <laughs> but here's a better question. As soon as she found out about the alien spaceships, they mm-hmm. were flyable. Why did she never check them out? Just leave on it's her assumed. own. Yeah, she made a bad assumption. They can't be that complicated to fly. Rauda, you know, that backwards primitive yes. screwhead... <laughs> figured it out in like two seconds <laughs> i know what was that an untrained birdman is like i fly this giant spaceship by myself but you know what there's got to be a point where like i mean look at the the enterprise right it has holodecks where you're like uh, make me a sherlock holmes episode where where are you going where with this? Abraham Lincoln shows up and there's a three-way with Scarlett Johansson and it happens oh god the, the holodeck makes it yeah. happen and it makes mm-hmm. a story that makes sense if a holodeck can do that advanced technology can be all like hey uh fly the ship and kill those people and that is what a pilot is now that's, that's yeah. their whole purpose there is precedent for that, right? We've had people t- ask the computer to do perform certain things, so maybe this uh, this old RAR ship can take voice commands or squawk commands. It's a squawk commands. Do we think like without a <laughs> universal translator, that's like how they talk? Think I think they so. Squawk? They just make like oscillated squawks. Yeah. Well, I mean, we yeah. heard them sing, and that was regrettable. So <laughs> indeed, yeah. it Pete was. and Hammer definitely calls yes. that one. Uh, and speaking of Peanut Hammer's attempted shenanigans, I love how... They, so, obviously, the Drukmani have transporters because they come down in the shuttle and then get out, and then it goes to shit, and then they beam back out. So they obviously leave the shuttle there just so Peanut Hammer can take the shuttle are to you, the Drukmani Are you trying ship. to imply that that whole final confrontation scene just doesn't make sense from beginning to end? I'm saying it makes extra sense. I thought I was extra playing sense. the negative one for this episode. <laughs> it's extra sense because she's she's like imitating the Shaq's sacrifice, like the crashing the shuttle into the ship thing. So I feel like she's she's trying to like she asked the Drukbani to come down in a shuttle just so she could do that. It makes sense. It makes sense. I feel like it 100% makes sense, except for untrained Birdman flying a giant spaceship. You know, That's I, I accept it. He just said, "Hey, spaceship." Go kill those Drukmani, and the spaceship was like, and then it did it. Squawk, what? Squawk, Drukmani, and he's all like, those things up there, and the ship did it. Maybe it can yeah. read minds. Maybe that's it. Maybe Ooh, that's why it is Peanut advanced. Hamper couldn't escape because it, Peanut Hamper has a robotic mind, and it's looking for a bird mind. Ooh, yeah, that could be it. It's not. Look Let's at you making on. up uh, soft cannon. Uh, speaking of the Drukmani, how about that kind of leftover J.G. Hertzler cameo? Yeah, I, I feel was like they took some it... audio that wasn't used in that episode and you think just so? kind of stuck you it in here. That and it, wasn't, like, it was just like audio? one or two lines, wasn't it? You, I don't, you don't think I, I can't tell. I, I'm doubting it. I mean, did you watch the credits? I did, and they do credit him. Hmm, but that, that could mean anything, right? They could have recorded that hey, you know for the previous episode. I don't think it matters. I feel like on the scale <laughs> of 
what is going to make this episode or break it. Whether or not it was new audio or reused audio doesn't show up on. Doesn't that matter. List. You're right. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. The point is, there was. But audio. it is cool. It was cool to hear it again. They didn't just like pause yeah. every time he was on screen and have the words. Imagine J.G. Heltzer saying this, and then his dialogue. <laughs> yes, they took that would have affected you. They took the that, production values seriously. That is Ooh, true. Maybe it was a J.G. Heltzer in Hertzler impersonator. Hertzler. Yes, Hertzler. Oh. I've been pronouncing it wrong for ages. Maybe <laughs> it was an impersonator. We don't know. Oh. Maybe it was an AI. Maybe they programmed a Hertzler AI to mimic his voice. Maybe oh, soon like you'll be able conspiracy. to get a uh, Siri with Hertzler voice. It would be fantastic if it occasionally yelled at you for not being a good Klingon. Make this happen. <laughs> I love it. I, I feel like we've we've gone off the deep end here. Yeah, Reel it back I, in. I think so. Call the lifeguard. <laughs> get us some floaties. Let's get back on track. We need the floaties immediately. Uh, you know, we you mentioned uh, production value before. I really loved the animations between the um, Cerritos and the RRE ships. The that engagement that happens there. Very lo- lots of detail during that fight. Very cool to see the kind of burst fire weapons from the Ariari yeah, ships. I, I thought their that that whole engagement was very enjoyable. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the Cerritos is actually taking damage throughout the course. Yeah, and it, it yeah, persists. It. it was it was very enjoyable. Of course, now this is what like the fifth, sixth time the Cerritos <laughs> has been brutally <laughs> damaged. Damage. Yeah, like, I was thinking while this was happening, I'm like, are they going to put it back in space dock again and have another facelift for the ship? We'd love to boldly go, but we can never make it more than two star systems over before our <laughs> ship gets wrecked. This just gets completely messed up. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that was definitely a highlight of the episode. Well, you know what? Should we go to the end where Peanut Hamper is acquired? You know, no, there's there's something that happens between uh, there and then and when and okay. now. And, you know, there's something yes. between captivity and the battle. And that is okay. when the uh, Cerritos crew shows up to recover Peanut Hamper. Whole exchange yes. is fantastic. But I love when Freeman goes to introduce themselves. and They're like, oh, yeah, we're Starfleet. And uh, Rada's all like, oh, yeah, we know who you are. So here's my right. question. Did he know because of Peanut Hamper? Or were they aware, aware of the Federation because they you know, were a former spacefaring race? Because in the beginning, they're like, Ooh. we have no idea what you mean when you say Federation. And at the yeah. end, he's all like, yeah, of course we know who you are. As if, like, the Prime Directive doesn't apply and he knows it. And I just feel like there's a question here. Because one of these makes mm. sense and one of them doesn't. It's got to be Peanut Hamper telling him. Yeah, so... Right? I, I think so. Peanut Hamper does explain that she got kicked out of Starfleet and therefore has to explain what Starfleet is and all that. Yeah, but so. they show up and they're like, oh yeah, we know you're Starfleet, which raises all these questions. Like, how much detail did she go into? Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. This this is uh, really getting me. I'm not sure. I, it could be anything. I mean, they are ancient spacefarers, and who knows, maybe the village elder kind of skulks back and checks the sensor logs on the ships every once in a while. I mean, who knows? It's not covered. It's definitely it could be any number of unexplained things. Well, shall we go to uh, captivity when that when that occurs? You mean the introduction of the greatest duo in sci-fi history? <laughs> yes, 
That is totally amazing. The Daystrom Institute, of course, has their self-aware megalomaniacal computer storage. And we get the return of Jeffrey Combs. Separate lines for this. He even says peanut hamper. So he's recorded new new lines just for this episode. Unless they knew they were going to do this last season. And they're all like, hey, we just need you to record this random record ahead of time. And he's all yeah. like, what does any of this mean? And they're like, just do it, Combs! <laughs> we know where you live! What's a peanut hamper? I love it. This is the beginning of a really cool duo, yeah. like a slow burn duo. Yeah, I, I really hope we I'm get excited. the uh, megalomaniacal Agamus teamed up with Valley Girl Peanut Hamper for <laughs> a fantastic <laughs> attempt to overthrow the Federation. You know, and I hope it's not even like they try and overthrow it by, like, you know, stealing a starship or, like, assimilating things or building drones. I want them to run a campaign for Federation president and have them just be, like, all over the news and, like, you know, polling really high. And then the election happens and then they lose. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we're more evolved now. We're not going to fall for your shenanigans. That would be a fantastic (laughs) end to an episode. I like especially if, like the entire time like none of the senior officers are worried about it and then like mariners are like we gotta stop him and the rest of the warp core four are like yeah we need to stop these two and their evil machinations and the senior <laughs> officers are like no it's fine they're never going to win and then in the end they don't yeah it would be great that sounds right that would totally fit with the feel of the show 100 percent. yeah definitely it would be a good follow-up <laughs> to the uh to grounded would would be fantastic yeah. To establish that. I just can't wait for more Jeffrey Combs. It's going to be fun. I mean, you it's assume gonna he's going to come back out. and they're just not going to forget about that scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm making a big assumption there. Yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, every time that this show does something that's really funny or like has a character or a joke, they like forget about it for at least a full season before they come back. People are still upset that there's no Talyn in, in uh, Lower Decks. You know, I she do wonder though back. if it's a they forget about it or whether they're like, okay... Here's the big board of things we need to follow up on. Yeah, and it's just like, you know what would be amazing if they're just like building that list of everything everybody wants to follow up on, and then yeah. they do like one episode where it all happens, like <laughs> Peanut Hamper and Agamus and yeah, Talyn and the yeah. Packlids and yeah. you know. Uh, Dupla Boimler and just like everybody <laughs> comes back and it'd be great if there's like no satisfying resolution it's not some big conflict it's like a, like a high school reunion so meta. or something yeah 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 would be amazing just like a best hits kind of a situation yeah. but there's no resolution there's no like yeah. real story it's just these people show up to something <laughs> and they realize they all know each other wait you fought the Cerritos you fought the Cerritos yes I love it it's in the future. I'm hoping that it'll come back. It's in the cards, I hope. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever they do, as long as it's good. Yes, I agree. Um, anything else before we get to final thoughts? Well, I'm all out of thoughts. Do you Do you have more thoughts? Yeah, I, I have some final thoughts. So this is obviously a Peanut Hamper episode. The main crew is barely in this. And they take some chances here. The showrunners are basically making... There's no A and B plot. It's all the Peanut Hamper plot. So they're hoping that this minor character that granted people loved could carry this whole episode um so the question is does the peanut hamper plot successfully carry this and my answer is sort of i love the peanut hamper character but having it be the only thing the entire episode is a little tough i'm not sure it totally carries it all the way through it's it we were talking about this before we recorded 
most of the episode is a build-up to the payoff of the Drukmani plot of them getting called to steal the ships was Peanut Hepper's fault, and thereby, you know, exposing the Peanut Hepper plot. It's a very slow burn for the one joke. <laughs> yeah. And while it's good, I'm not totally sure it carries the entire episode. You know what, and that's my thing. I am very much a believer in a good story, like even a mediocre story the right twist or the right like ending even if it's not a twist right. can really bring everything together right and that gag the, the there was no actual redemption arc right was fantastic <laughs> right it was good but yeah, totally. the overall episode i mean like there just ah, there wasn't enough meat to it and i feel yeah. like it would have been a little bit better if like at the end, it had been revealed that Peanut Hamper was doing tons of stuff to try and escape. Like, she called the Drew Kamani, <laughs> she was trying to access right. the the uh, bird people ships, she was, right. you know, just doing anything. Actually calling the Borg. Yeah, actually calling the Borg. <laughs> like, as they're getting yeah. ready to leave, like, if you just heard, like, as the Cerritos is flying away, Borg would be like, uh, Captain, there's a Borg probe <laughs> on long-range sensors. Would have been fantastic. And they just run away, yeah. Oh, man. They spend a lot of time in the episode building up the, the bird people, so... I don't know. It's all it's all built up toward the joke, and I get it. it and it's fun, just... You know, what? I wanted a little bit more out of it, and it doesn't quite get yeah, there. definitely so. was a fun episode, and you know what? Yeah. For all of its faults, I think we all have to agree... It's no Sub Rosa. <laughs> that it is not. Well, um, I think that's all we got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this time, both literally and figuratively, um, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm spent. Nothing more on my screens, and my no more peanut butter in your cup. You know, yeah, cup is empty. Cup is completely empty. So you know what, kids and bird people. Come on back next week, and we'll be a watching episode eight of season three. Till then, catch us on Twitter at Lower Dorks. Or, if you're in the mood, find your own redemption arc Ooh. with a man who needs no introduction and wants only the sweet, sweet loving of a non humanoid robot. Wait, are you talking about me? 